0: Hi, this is Brian Standing, host of the Monday 8 O'Clock Buzz. Thanks so much for listening to the program. Hope you subscribe to our podcast. And if you really like what you're hearing, consider donating at wortfm.org. From now until February 4th, the University of Wisconsin Memorial Library will feature an exhibit entitled Oscillators, Resonators, and Tape. Oh, my get it, that showcases (laughs) pivotal moments in the history of experimental and electronic music using items from the university's deep archives of music collections. Steve Meyer, data strategist for the Mills Music Library, and Tom Kaw, music public services librarian, teamed up to curate the exhibit, and they both join us now in the studio. Welcome, Steve. Hello, thank you. And welcome, Tom. good morning. (laughs) So uh, how did the idea of this exhibit come about? Are you both electronic music aficionados yourselves? And what made you decide that this was a a history worth documenting? Well, that's a great question, Brian. Uh,
1: This is Tom speaking. I'm looking at Steve. Steve is definitely, between the two of us, the more uh, electronic music aficionado uh, and purveyor, creator. Uh, I, of course, am a music librarian who, I I love all types of music. Uh, We had the opportunity, an opening came up in the display uh, of Memorial Library, our display cases, uh, in the exhibit schedule. There was an opening, we got to talking, and Steve is very enthusiastic about a couple of the holdings that we have at Mills Music Library and we thought why don't we see what all else we have that we can showcase. Steve, when did you first listening
0: start listening to electronic music and what did you uh what kinds of things have you found in the
2: archives at the library? Yeah, well uh I've been probably listening to electronic music enthusiastically for about thirty years. Um and I I remember um, when I was actually in library school, I would see recommendations to some of the more um, lesser-known early pioneers of electronic music. Uh, being in the being at the university, I went and checked uh, whether or not we had any of those old records, and so I found records by you know uh, composers like Todd Dockstader. Um, and was really, really interested in these things.
0: Well, let's uh, let's get right to some of some of those cuts. You mentioned Todd Dockstater, and uh, we've got a cut now, uh, Water Music 6. Do you want to say anything about this before we hear it?
2: Yeah, I guess this is just an example of what we might call music concrete or um, organized sound, as Todd Dockstater himself liked to talk about it. It's sort of a collage music made using old, tape reel-to-reel machines. And
0: what era is this from?
2: Uh, This would probably be from the 50s or
0: 60s. Okay, so Water Music 6 by Todd Dockstater. So you said 1950s-ish. I mean, that's that's pretty avant-garde for 1950s,
2: right? I mean, that does. That, and I just hearing that, I would never have
0: guessed it was that old.
2: That's right. I mean, I. It Doc Sater worked as a a recording engineer for television studios, so I think he did a lot of the sound effects for, I think, especially early cartoons, Okay, and so you can sort of hear that influence in there, but it's it's really interesting to say that if those are, the sound source for those is only water drops or water rushing, Um, the range of sort of sonic, space that he's able to sort of pull out of that with all of those techniques is also very important.
0: And so these were recordings that were then manipulated? So these were actual field recordings of actual water that were then manipulated somehow in order to create that? Yes. Okay. Uh, now, Tom, you've uh, got uh, something from uh, Don Vogley. Am I pronouncing that correctly? It's and Vaguely, Vaguely, actually.
1: okay. You're Vaguely close. To vaguely close.
0: <laughs> and uh, this has got a University of Wisconsin connection here with like WHA and Vilas Hall, potentially. Tell us about that.
1: Right. So Don Vaguely, uh, I, we could do a whole podcast series about him. He uh, was a composer a uh, arranger of music and he worked uh, he he had a setup that he called his electronic studio uh at WHA, which is now WPR, Wisconsin Public Radio, and he built up and ama- amassed a collection of synthesizers, various keyboards that he started experimenting with. And he would create them, uh, he would create sounds, he would create little bits of music to play as buttons uh, or bridges in radio parlance uh, for. For, for shows, and between segments on National Public Radio. He's most famous for composing the theme for All Things Considered for okay. National Public Radio, right. which he did originally on a synthesizer. And this little button that I picked is just one of his thousands that we have on records at Mills Music Library. All right, Button Bridge by Don Vaguely. <laughs> ¶¶ All right. Yeah. That's cute. Yeah, no, it's, and it's funny, you know, we, as I put on the webpage about this exhibit, you know, we kind of loosely interpreted experimental, but it's all electronic music. And he, obviously he was using Moog synthesizers and he created, you know, a funny little dubby reggae happy tune there in in, in the 70s in Vilas Hall, you know, in his little studio, which was at one point renamed the National Center for Audio Experimentation. Wow, that's ambitious. I know, I know.
0: <laughs> all right, Steve, uh, John Chowning, uh, tell us about him. And and this is interesting. I am interested in your description of this because you're talking about something called FM synthesis, right? And does it have anything to do with FM radio, which we're on right now, would be my first question. <laughs> and then secondly, you're talking, you're saying that this uh, the next piece has, is inspired by the golden mean and the Fibonacci sequence. Can you? explain how those (laughs) all fit together (laughs) into a musical composition
2: yeah so um fm synthesis or frequency modulation synthesis is a technique that involves um summing two waveforms together when you do that the resulting waveform sort of changes its shape and therefore changes the timbre of the sound so it turned out that this is a very efficient way to sort of change the spectrum of a sound in real time um so that even early synthesizers could do um a pretty tremendous amount of sound manipulation um using using the equipment and techniques that weren't that powerful at the time and so John Chowning uh while working at Stanford had stumbled upon this technique while trying to to um work with ways to spatialize sound in sort of like Uh, represent sound in 3D space when you only Hmm. have, say, two speakers. (laughs) Okay. All right, so this is Stria by
0: John Chowning.
2: That's uh, very sound. Sounds like a soundtrack in a way. Oh yeah, it, it does. It does. It reminds me of some maybe some of those early sci-fi movies and the kind of sounds you'd get for there. And, 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 and that's
1: a tiny excerpt. I mean, that yes. piece goes on for a
2: while. When uh, when was that created? Um, he composed it, in, uh, I believe the first the first performance that he did of it was in 1977. Okay. Now, uh, Tom, uh, let's move on
0: to uh, Pauline Oliveros, and uh, she's got a piece called Bye Bye Butterfly, and this was, uh, as you note, created in the San Francisco Tape Music Center in 1965. What was that all about?
1: Yeah, the San Francisco Tape Music Center is one of the key locations in the United States for experimental electronic music development. They They set it up. Pauline Oliveros, Ramon Sender, and Morton Subotnick. They had the idea for it in 1960. They got it together in 61, and they eventually moved it to Mills College, no relation to Mills Music Library, in Oakland, California. Um, And Pauline Oliveros was the first director of it once it moved to Mills College. Um, So anyway, Pauline Oliveros, this piece is called Bye Bye Butterfly. I just want to read from this description so it's a two-channel tape composition made at San Francisco Tape Music Center in 1965. It utilizes two Hewlett-Packard oscillators, two line amplifiers in cascade, one turntable with a record, and two tape recorders in a delay setup. The composer arranged the equipment, tuned the oscillators, and played through the composition in real time. So she was using a turntable playing a recording of Madame Butterfly, um, and that's why the It's Bye Bye Butterfly in the title. All right. Bye Bye Butterfly by Pauline Oliveros. So that was 1965 that she realized that. And that was, this is taken from a 1977 compilation called New Music for Electronic and Recorded Media that was devoted to all uh, women making electronic music. Women have been incredible pioneers and innovators in this field. All right. Now,
0: Steve, let's uh, go to, we're gonna, for our last cut here, we're going to something that's near and dear to my heart because you've got someone who's playing trombone live, which is an instrument that I play, uh, and but it's responding to a, com- a computer, sort of responding to it. And this was... Uh, in the early 1980s, so we're talking sort of about an artificial intelligence within a sort of an improvisational here, and this is a very early example of that.
2: Is that right? That's right. I'm. I think one of the terms that's come up recently that I like is uh, machine listening. Okay. You know, so the the uh, computer is able to sort of detect the pitch of the trombone playing, and then respond to it. And uh, one of the interesting things that John uh, George Lewis has done is to Figure out, sometimes you want it to play along, and sometimes you want to play contrasting material. So he, he developed a very interesting um, compositional system. And, and how big was this computer in the 1980s? <laughs> so my understanding, at least from the, the photographs that I've seen, is that this looked like a personal computer... Um, So a lot of the processing was done with whatever the device was that he was using for the pitch detection and then being played through um, actual hardware synthesizers. All right, this is Voyager
0: Duo 4 by George Lewis. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. All right. We've been speaking with Tom Kaw <laughs> and Steve Meyer, uh, curators of the exhibit, Oscillators, Resonators, and tape Ohm my on display now in the lobby of the UW Memorial Library, and that runs through uh, February 4th, I believe. Is that right? All right. Well, thank you, uh, Tom and Steve. Yeah, thank you both thank for you joining so us. Brian. Thank you so much, Thank you for
2: having us.
1: Everyone come down to the library.
0: <laughs>